Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am very excited and honored. I'm really good at intros on this show, Sage. I'm very excited. I'm very honored to be joined by formal former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels, who spent three years in Houston with Kyle Shanahan and his illustrious coaching staff. See, my intros are so good. People aren't even here and they're getting I, good intros. I don't, I don't know the last time somebody said they're honored to be around me. So that is very nice. Uh, you could also say you're humbled to be around I me. am humbled. I am yes. humbled to be in the presence of such greatness, you guys. Yeah. Well, I don't know about my greatness, but I was around some great coaches when I played. Uh, you know, I was drafted a Washington, Marty Schottenheimer, I got to play for him, and then North Turner in Miami, uh, Jason Garrett, and Nick Saban. Oh. Uh, and then I went over to Houston as a free agent in 2006, and, you know, Gary Kubiak was the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, first time as a position coach. He was receivers, then quarterbacks, and then offensive coordinator my three years there. So on that staff, though, was a lot of these coaches that have now spread like wildfire mm-hmm. around the National Football League and have had a lot of success. Matt yeah. Fleur. On that staff, Mike McDaniel, who's been the obviously the head coach of the Dolphins, and a lot of those coaches on that 49ers staff uh, okay. still to this day. D'Amico Ryan's was a teammate uh, drafted that year in 2006. John Ben, the line coach, uh, was also there, and I'm sure some other people. I feel like the even Jay Bird, the equipment manager, might be the equipment manager at the 49ers as well. Uh, I don't know. I, I see guys on the sidelines sometimes, mm-hmm. like oh, there's another guy from Houston, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and also you know Hightower, who I also know. Like, oh yeah, who just, he just, who just, he just left. left. But yeah. Um, so you know, there's an unbelievable staff uh you know like there's five four or five head coaches from mm-hmm. that staff uh three of them were, were quality controls uh, at the time robert sala and lafleur and mcdaniel and now the head coach of the national football league so it's been really interesting for me to then follow that whole crew mm-hmm. uh after i got out of football in 2012 so before we go any further i do want you guys to know we're coming to you from the uh indianapolis convention center where the nfl combine is so if you see just random people walking by that's why also, before we go, you just talked about all those coaches. Will you do a rundown for us of every team you played for? Yes. Uh, draft in Washington, 2001. That draft class, just so you know, was, you know, Michael Vick was the first pick. And okay. Drew Brees, uh, the great Jesse Palmer, who's the Bachelor <laughs> host now. Um, and, uh, you know, Chris Winkie and Marquise Tuyasasopo. And um, it, it, it was an interesting draft class. People have gone on and done all right. Josh Heupel, who's the head coach at the University of Tennessee. Okay. People have gone on and done a lot of different things that mm-hmm. came from that class uh, outside of football, obviously. So, um, anyway, draft 2001 with Washington. My second year there, Steve Spurrier came in. Uh, uh, I was traded then to Miami. Okay. Uh, and I was there for four years. I uh, played for Dave Wanstead and and, uh, and Nick Saban, and I was a free agent. Uh, went to went to Houston. Mm-hmm. Spent three years there. Traded to the Vikings. Opened to start. Brett Favre showed up. This is 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, people probably remember that NFC Championship game mm-hmm. uh, against the Saints, also known as the Bounty Gate game. Yes. Um, and then yes, the following year, when he came back again, uh, I was traded to the Giants. So I got to back up Eli. Okay. Uh, in the year before, they won the Super Bowl. So I. I had some luck in my career and had some uh, not so great luck. So uh, did not. And then and I finished up my last year with the Vikings and they retired in 2012. Okay. Thank you for doing that rundown. It was a, it was quite the tour. It was definitely a journey. I, um, I, I consider myself a journeyman backup quarterback. When people say like, oh, you played football. I was like, yeah, I was a journeyman backup quarterback. And that's sort of, because there's a, there's a lot of, 
not a lot, but there's a there's a fair share of guys who sort of have that mm-hmm. that role. If you're a quarterback in the league for eight or ten years, you're probably not on just one team. True. You're probably on not even two teams. You're mm-hmm. probably on three, four, or five teams. And so uh, I like to say there's certain criteria of a good journeyman backup quarterback. And one of those, if you have a second stint, ah. if you have a second stint, you're not a complete jerk. So like that, <laughs> so the team had you, you went somewhere else and they brought you back. So you must be a halfway nice guy. So I had, really had a couple of second stints in my career too. That's why I'm so honored and humbled to be sitting with you <laughs> yeah, today. One of the great journeyman backup quarterbacks. And because you're not a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I guess. a semi-nice guy. My specialty really was the preseason. Though. <laughs> uh, statistically, Nate Silver is a 538 or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, he, uh, they did a, a story on me one time, and I, I have the greatest statistics of any quarterback in the preseason in NFL history. That's cool. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm the goat of the preseason. You're so the me co- and Tom Brady are, are goats of different seasons in the in the football season. But the preseason is very important for getting teams ready for the football season. So being the co- goat of the preseason is a big deal. Did they give you a trophy for that? No, but I should. Like I mean, a ring? I, I'm going to talk to Roger Goodell and see if you we should. can do something about that. You know, because they people say that preseason doesn't mean anything. And to me, it meant everything. It's <laughs> your season. <laughs> so it lasted for 12 years, you know. I actually, if anybody ever says that again, I'm going to be offended on behalf of Sage. Be like, Are you kidding me? This is this season is everything. It is important. And, you know, for in, in the backup quarterbacks, the two or the three, you get a lot of reps. Uh-huh. Starters might play none. Uh-huh. So you're, you're getting some starts in there. True. It's the only time I really got to like come out of the tunnel and get the, <laughs> do the high fives, you know. Um, and That's then, awesome. uh, of, of course, a lot of times the starters play a series or two series. And uh-huh. so you might get the second and third quarters. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes, you know, as a third string quarterback, you get the entire second half. We can go. We can have a whole podcast, video cast on the, my, my thoughts on preseason football. And here's, here's one last thing. Please. If you're the third string guy uh-huh. and you're going to play like most of the second half or even uh-huh. just the fourth quarter, you want to be losing when you go in the game. That's interesting. You want to be down 10 points. All right. So that's just like heaven. It's like, all right, two minute drill the whole fourth quarter. You might get 20 throws in uh-huh. in the fourth quarter where if you're up by 10 points, it's going to be like handoff, handoff, third and eight. You're in a terrible position to be successful. So luckily point. there's fair share games where we were losing in the fourth quarter when I was in Miami and I got a lot of good uh, fourth quarter preseason action. And you get a lot of two-minute drills. You know, two-minute, mm-hmm. you get a lot of throws in. You might do 12 throws on one two-minute drive with mm-hmm. completions and incompletions. And so, um, yeah, that the, the preseason was, that was my specialty. Wow, this has been really quite an <laughs> education. You guys, I might be changing this podcast with the Tracy Sandler Show to the preseason podcast. It's, well, it's, you know, it's just as important as all the others. It is. It definitely is. In fact, so I was going to do, this is a spoiler alert for everybody, including Sage. I was going to do five fun facts with Sage Rosenfels at the end of this. And I think I'm still going to do that. do that. But I think I'm also going to have you do five fun facts on the preseason. We could do something like that too. Okay. So guys, keep watching. Don't turn it off yet. Uh, and there is a reason that I had you go through. I had two reasons actually I had you go through all of your teams. Football may be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, 
the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. So I'm going to actually start with the second reason because you talked about the preseason and the backup quarterbacks. And as you may or may not have heard, the San Francisco 49ers are going to have a new quarterback next season. I don't know if you've heard anything about this. trailer. Yeah, so kind of a big deal. Um, and probably going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. As I said, we're at the Combine. John Lynch said today, Jimmy is still a part of us. Uh, they have been listening to offers. As you guys have probably heard by now, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have surgery on his shoulder. Chances are, though, Jimmy Garoppolo will not be a 49er next year. So Trey Lance comes in. And by the way, before we skip over that, I, I do think that Lynch, Kyle, the whole organization, um, if that is indeed the case and they mm-hmm. end up moving on from Jimmy, which it sounds like they're going to do and everything would make sense that they would do that, mm-hmm. that they would do they would try to do right by him. Absolutely. Uh, I think he has earned that respect. He deserves Absolutely. it. Uh, and I think that the type of uh, you know coach and organization and when John of, of who they sort of stand for, mm-hmm. um, because those those decisions do have like a long term, I think, impact Absolutely. on what players think of uh, of their general manager, of their head coach. To, and I, I assume most of the 49ers guys liked Jimmy <laughs> and they want Loved. him to go to a good spot. So, uh, you know, the 49ers may not get maximum value mm-hmm. and that's okay. I think mm-hmm. you sort of make up that value with respect from the rest of the team. I agree with that. And I will, I will take that just another step further and say he was incredibly loved and beloved by his team. I think they want to do right by Jimmy. And I will also say with the news that came out this week about the surgery on his shoulder, I, I'm just going to be a full on Jimmy Garoppolo stand here. I, I think it's important to think about how far he took them with two pretty major injuries and how he played through them. So, for everybody who gives all that Jimmy Garoppolo hate that I, I myself hate and don't like, think about that. They went to the NFC Championship game with him having a shoulder injury that he's going to need surgery well, on and the, the and the thumb injury. The, the, I tell you what, that Packers game. And that that was that weekend. Was it the divisional mm-hmm. championship? Divisional round, yep. All four games. And I... And I'm a Midwesterner. I, I grew up in eastern Iowa, only about uh-huh. three or so hours from Green Bay. Um, so I know that weather well. I know how to I've, – I know I've, I've had to play in that weather a lot uh-huh. in college or in spring ball. And um, it is uh, very, very hard to, to, to play in those conditions. He played really well in that game. That was that was a fantastic win. And I think if you're like a, just a football fan in general, you're, you're, you always want your team to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But only one does, and mm-hmm. so if you can be on one of those teams that gives you great memories, mm-hmm. uh, great wins, or or even great losses, to where like you are fully invested as a fan, mm-hmm. uh, that Green Bay Packer 49ers game was one of those wins that um, will will probably last a long time in in, in 49 49er faithful in their in their hearts because it was a. Uh, that, that was a really, really fun game to watch. Absolutely. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo gave a lot of those memories. We will not make this into the Jimmy Garoppolo We Love You podcast, but I just feel he gets a lot of hate and I think it's unfair. So just wanted to give the man his due. So with that in mind, and actually I do think part of doing right by Jimmy and doing right by the team is moving on from Jimmy because you can't have another year of Jimmy Betray, Jimmy Betray, who's going to start, et cetera, et cetera. It worked last year. It's not going to work again. So with that in mind, they will have a new quarterback coming in, a quarterback who has not gotten as many reps as the ones that you spoke about. There's been a talk about whether or not he's ready. Personally, I think he's ready. It's March 20. It's March. We're recording this March 2nd, 2022. So he's probably not ready today. But I think by the time the season starts, yes, the season of offseason reps, we saw tremendous growth from him from the first start to the second start. Kind of what have you seen in the, in the limited, I guess, 
videotape that you've seen of Trey Lance and what are you excited about for him in this Kyle Shanahan offense? I'll tell you what, uh, I look back as when I was a rookie mm -hmm. and I, I do this anytime I see any sort of rookie go out and play halfway well. Mm -hmm. You know, I, Davis Mills with the Houston Texans this year, the Texans were terrible, but the, this is a third round pick and he actually played pretty well. Yes, he did. Uh, you know, he, he didn't miss guys that were wide open. He moved around pretty well. He sh sort of showed what he could do. He, he was more polished mm -hmm. uh, than I thought he would be. And uh, I thought Trey played pretty well when mm -hmm. he got there. It is it is a huge jump. People don't realize. I don't care if you run some sort of pro offense in college. Um, the complexity of the game at the NFL level, and in particular in Kyle's offense, has some complexities to it yes. uh, with the formations and the motions and all the, all the different options on it. But the complexity of game offensively and defensively uh, is so much more demanding that Every rookie, when they go out there, they are you, you. You can't not be basically swimming and just treading water in mm -hmm. your mind because uh, you're just you just don't. There's so much you don't know, mm -hmm. and some of them just sort of put it all out of their minds and don't think about anything, and they go out there and actually play pretty well because they're like thoughtless. Uh -huh. But that that will catch up to you if you play that way for mm -hmm. a long time. Uh, it is a thinking man's position and a thinking man's game uh, from that aspect. So. I do expect him to make a jump. How big it is, I don't know. And and when you talk about uh, Trey's sort of progression as a quarterback, mm -hmm. it's not just year one, year two, that's what he's going to be. It's year one, two, and you just build, 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 three, four, five, six, seven. And you hope that, two, of course, year two is better than one and year three is better than two, and that just grows into a great NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that is the goal. And he's not going to be a great NFL quarterback in year two. I, I, I couldn't imagine mm -hmm. how good is he going to be. We, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. But I, I will say, the and we're here at the Combine, and I think this is interesting because a year ago, right, the 49ers didn't know that they were going to draft Trey Lance as of right now, right? That's think true. Of, think, of, think of Trey. Now, his situation was he didn't really play much his senior year. One game. One game, right? Mm -hmm. So, but his, you sort of go from, for most people, they go from like they're the senior year right into like working out, getting ready for the combine, getting ready for the draft, the private workouts. And so this is sort of like this, you never have any break. Mm -hmm. It's like a, and also since you're going into your senior year and you put everything sort of into it, mm -hmm. right? So your last year in college, you put everything into it. So you're like exhausted by the time you get drafted. Right. You've just gone like 17 straight months of just mm -hmm. nonstop work. And, uh, uh, and then you get drafted to a team and you just get inundated with, all sorts of information and drills and you're trying to figure this out, trying to figure that out. You're not living in Fargo anymore. You're right. living in, uh, in, in Silicon Valley and, and it's just a completely, it's, it's, it's a shock mm -hmm. uh, uh, to you. Um, I've, I've been through it, but you get through that first year. Mm -hmm. The season ends, you take a big breath. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think what's great in his situation is he got to see playoff football. It yes. wasn't like he just backed up Jimmy for the year and, 49ers were, were 500 and they didn't go to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. He got to see high-level football, intense situations, playoffs, um, everything on the line, chance to go to the Super Bowl. He got to sort of witness all of that. And that is extremely valuable. 
There, he, it, there really, really is. And he witnessed a fair amount of adversity in seeing a team come back from it and seeing the quarterback come back from it because the team was three and five at one point and they yeah. were one or two or games away from being just completely out of it. And the way that they came back, I think, for a young player to see and see that kind of veteran leadership and see the kind of calmness is probably also invaluable. Experience. Well, and he got to witness from Jimmy, someone who, as you said, the team really liked. Mm-hmm. Right? It's important. I, I talk about this with some of the people at the Combine. The likability of a quarterback is really important. Yeah, because you got the guy's got to play for that guy. You, you do. And uh, sometimes guys are super talkative. Sometimes guys are more quiet. I, there's various ways to be likable. Mm-hmm. And some quarterbacks just simply aren't that likable. Right. I'm not going to bring them up right now, but they're not. <laughs> uh, it's a different podcast after yeah, the preseason yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, but it is really important. But he got to see the, the respect and, and how Jimmy earned that respect of mm-hmm. players and coaches in the organization. You get to get, uh, see a guy that played hurt, mm-hmm. found a way with all of his injuries to go into Green Bay against the MVP of the NFL and Aaron Rodgers and get a huge playoff win. He mm-hmm. got to really witness that. Um, but also he got to he gets to now, as we're in first week of March, during the last few months, go back and rewatch those games. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no stress. There's no pressure. Uh, you know, when you're in the season, you, you go back, you watch the game, and you move on. It's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Mm-hmm. Now he gets to sort of slow things down. They get to break things down in various uh, um, video cut-ups um, and, and try to, you know, what, what can not he improve on necessarily, but just to get a deeper learning of that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, of course, him in that playing time, it's great to go back and analyze yourself mm-hmm. getting some playing time, whether it's preseason, regular season, just to go back and be like, huh, I was doing that. And then you sort of see other quarterbacks throughout the league uh, as you're watching film and you go, man, how does Tom Brady throw? And you're like, man, if I could be 44 years old still throwing mm-hmm. seeds out there, maybe I'm going to do this with my throwing motion a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's a, it's a great time to – to grow and you grow by sort of going back, watching and then applying the things that you want to improve on uh, and that you've learned in, the, in those video sessions mm-hmm. when you're actually on the field working with quarterbacks coach or your private quarterbacks coach or the, you know, Kyle or whoever it is, footwork, whatever it might be, you can actually... Because when you're when you're doing those drills when you first show up after the draft, you're just doing these drills. You don't right. really know say like what's the what's the meaning behind it per se. Now he knows. Mm-hmm. Now those drills will make more sense to him. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch. I'm I'm excited about him as a quarterback, and this insight is very helpful because you know a lot of people do not realize exactly what goes in on a daily basis. I'm being a quarterback. I'm being any NFL player, but especially a quarterback. And you brought up earlier Kyle's offense and how complicated it is. And I remember when Jimmy came in 2017, he came, he was draft, uh, he was traded in October. He didn't really play until December. And, and even in those couple months, he said, I didn't even like scratch the surface yeah. of this. And, and it took, you know, an entire other off season to really learn the systems. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you could use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. 
So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So you brought up coaches. You're doing a really good job, by the way, of segueing me mm. into all of my conversations today. And so I really appreciate that you about you. Want to talk about the preseason some more? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We're going to do that with five months back. So this one time back in 2006, <laughs> I was playing in Miami and it was raining. We're playing the Falcons. And uh, no, I'm just no, please continue. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just making. I want to know how compared to Green Bay in January, where it was so. We want to talk about the bus ride from Tampa <laughs> back to Miami because there was a hurricane coming to Miami, and so we flew into Tampa and going across Alligator Alley, and the bus is shaking, and I'm sleeping like the on the floor in the middle of the seats. I what mean, year is that? That's a preseason story. That is. A, that's a good. That might be. We're going to bring that back for five fun facts about the preseason. But now I have to ask you, what year was that? I'm gonna say like 2004. Something like that. Probably 2004, I think. How long is the drive from Tampa to I feel Miami? Like it was like the year Ricky quit. Ricky Williams. And <laughs> he so, was like, oh, I'm was, not. This is I'm whole, done with It was this. like a dumpster fire season, <laughs> which included the preseason. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if I'm not going to be the go to the preseason and I'm sleeping on a bus on the way from Tampa to Miami, I'm out of here. That was quite the experience. That's like a whole story in itself. <laughs> We're going to have to yeah. have Sage on all the time, you guys. He's going to have to be a, a regular here on the Tracy Sandler Show. Uh, but you did bring up coaches. Again, humbled and honored to be with someone who just helps me segue so easily. And uh, the 49ers have had kind of a, a mass departure of coaches <laughs> on the offensive staff this offseason. Mike McDaniel, who was the offensive coordinator, is now the coach of the Miami Dolphins. Wes Welker, the wide receivers coach, is gone. Uh, he went with Mike McDaniel. John Embry, the tight ends coach, is gone. The quarterbacks coach, Scandrella, has got like everyone is just every, there's yeah. been a. And so I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about with a team that is essentially going to have a rookie quarterback. Yes, it's his second year, but I think in terms of playing time, you could say that Trey Lance will be, for all intents and purposes, a rookie quarterback with a number of new offensive coaches on the staff. How does that affect everything, and what do you think that does for Kyle Shanahan and and his offense? Well, one, I'd say it's not optimal. Right. You'd like to have, whether it's the coordinator or quarterback's coach, You'd like to have the same guys consistently year mm -hmm. after year. Uh, what is optimal? It's the same offense, same right. head coach. So in a lot of ways, the the most important thing is the same. It's mm -hmm. like he's he's literally learning a completely new system with new language and and verbiage and uh, and because that is a challenge. Because mm -hmm. I when you bounce around as I did as a as a backup going from team to team. It's like coming to a new team and it's it's like learning literally a new language and trying to mm -hmm. go and trying to and a lot of times they they use the same words, um, but they mean different things right. from the previous team. So that gets confusing too, you know. And can you give an example of that? I know that might be a word of question, but I'm just well, kind of like a like a like a drive concept in the West Coast offense is like a shallow cross with an in route behind it. They call that drive. Well, okay. I, I went to the Giants one time. We called something else drive. It was like a dig with a comeback or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, but we, we could call that drive for some reason. Okay. And so, you know, it's like football words. They they just sort of use all these words. And a lot of times they change. And um, But people like to use these same mm -hmm words or you know they'll use words like falcon or something and other team would yeah, call it falcon too well why because they put it in versus the falcons and they it's for the f player on this team and so it's a, it ends up being these like overlapping you know type of words anyway um no it's not optimal for him to have a lot of new coaches on that staff what is optimal though is that they do have the same uh system the same head mm -hmm. coach same guy calling the plays that's the most important um 
But, uh, you know, it is it is interesting. I talked to Wes Welker the other night. You know, he was a situation where, of course, uh, he his family mostly lived in Houston. Mm-hmm. He had lived in Miami. He and I played with the Dolphins together. And so he was sort of more looking to go back to the sort of the eastern side of the country, mm-hmm. I think. And, and Miami is not a bad place to live. Nope, uh, and so, <laughs> you know, that was part of his reasoning, uh, you know, t- to go places. And, and, you know, listen, when you are a good head coach. And you're a really smart offensive mind. You're going to have other teams want some of that magic. Mm-hmm. And it is a fact now that Kyle passed on to Sean mm-hmm. uh, McVay, passed on to you know Matt Lafleur, not Mike McDaniel. That knowledge has been passed down, and all those coaches are flourishing. Mm-hmm. So it's really a sort of a credit to Kyle in the sense that people want his coaches, mm-hmm. and so you know most of them moved up in their jobs. You were just getting real as now an offensive coordinator or something. Mm-hmm. I think he always wanted to be that guy calm place. And then mm-hmm. even if he would moved up to be coordinator for the 49ers, he still wasn't going to be calm place. Right. He's still going to be Kyle, right? So I think he was looking for a little more of that responsibility uh, to sort of have his offense, uh, obviously at the University of Kentucky. So mm-hmm. um, you saw different guys sort of move on for di- for different reasons. And, and uh, no, it's not optimal, but again, it's optimal that uh, – they have the same offense, the same guy calling the shots. And with the idea of that magic, is it make it easier for Kyle to get coaches to come work for him because people want to be a part of the magic? Yeah, I mean, there was a there was a coach a few years ago I was talking to that was a you know one of the quality controls on the mm-hmm. staff, and and he had been there for two years, and I was like, how come you haven't moved on? And like you know, because he'd been offered some some quarterbacks coaching jobs in some mm-hmm. other places, and he goes, well, I wanted to, and he stayed it for another year. He goes, I wanted to learn more from Kyle because mm-hmm. I just, you know, every single day that you're in the building with him, you're going to learn something new. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more you can sort of amass uh, knowledge wise, the better chance to be successful when you do take that quarterback's coaching job. And, and I, I think a lot of, I mean, just watching the Kevin O'Connell press conference um, uh, and obviously he would work for, for McVay with the Rams. And I think those guys, they just, they learned so much from, those top guys, Kyle, mm-hmm. Sean, mm-hmm. Lafleur, that uh, sort of every year he put it's like going to grad school. It's like, right. well, I could get a job now, but if I go to grad school uh, and spend another year or two, mm-hmm. I can get, I can do better at my job when I actually decide to take one. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's probably the, the closest metaphor I can take. I never went to grad school, but you know. Well, you are the go to the preseason, and they don't yes. teach that in grad, well, grad school. <laughs> you know, once you're the go to the preseason, you don't need to go to grad school anymore. Like, they just give you not. honorary degrees, I guess. Yeah, you're, I can't, they must be pouring in those honorary degrees. I know, all over. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, this has been awesome. I'm not going to let you go yet because we still have to do two sets of five fun facts, but this has been awesome. And I know we were kind of joking about it in the beginning, but this is really cool to get to talk to you because you do have so much knowledge and so much institutional knowledge. Um, and so I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot too. So thank you. We're all humbled and honored. Well, I just want your listeners to know that I grew up uh, in, in Eastern Iowa, small okay. town. My dad's from Chicago. Families really were Bears fans. Uh, mm. I was born in 78. Bears went in 85, 86 winter, of course, the, the great 85 Bears. Mm-hmm. So naturally, I'd be a Bears fan. And I sort of am a Bears fan. But my first Super Bowl that I really remember, because I was sort of too young to really remember that that 85 season, was the John Taylor in the back of the end zone versus the Bengals. That And I, at that moment, uh, became a 49ers fan. Oh, fantastic. So I was, I've always been sort of, you know, under the radar. 
Nice. 49ers fan <laughs> the whole time. I've always loved the Bay Area, uh, going out there. Love the uh, love the people. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, my, my son was going to go to Santa Clara. He ended up going to Loyola Marymount in Los Angeles. Okay. I was sort of hoping for Santa Clara a little bit. <laughs> Los Angeles isn't bad, but I was sort of hoping. I, I do love that Bay Area. Love getting out to, to Carmel and Pebble mm-hmm. and and of course, up to the city. So uh, it, it's it's a great place, and they've got great fans. Oh, well, thank you. You guys say thank you in your own way, like on Twitter or something. Uh, but thank you, Sage. Okay, before I let you leave, though, it's five fun facts time. Would you like to do five fun facts in the preseason or five fun facts on you first? Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Uh, I don't think it matters. I get there are going to be 10 fun facts either way. That's true. There are going to be 10 fun facts either way. Let me switch off. Okay. Okay. That's going to require a little math on my part. It's so like this is going to be interesting, sort of but situation. we're going to do it. All right. We'll start. Let's do the preseason first. What's the first fun fact of the preseason? What's the first fun fact? Like I just like make up a fact about the preseason. Well, no, you or... can't make it up. I mean, it's a fun fact, so it could be like one of your favorite preseason stories. Um, it could be just about generally about the, who's oh. the second goat of the preseason. Oh, I don't know. I did have a stretch though. Okay. Um, where I think it it started when I was in uh, Miami, mm-hmm. and then when I left to come to, to Houston, and I ran started running Kyle's and Kubiak's offense, and I was having all the success in the preseason. Mm-hmm that I think I had something like 13 straight preseason games with throwing a touchdown pass. I'm not sure exactly the number, but it was a lot. And it was, I when I saw the the newspaper one day, I sort of couldn't believe it. That probably ruined my, my streak. I probably didn't have (laughs) one the next week, but uh, I did have a nice little run going there. Oh, that's a very fun fact. All right. Now, which is a fun fact about you? Um, I grew up in 10 acres uh, in the country in a small town in Eastern Iowa. And we had no, electric or gas heat it was all wood burning stove heat that is a fun fact and i was born at home and my mom was a, a midwife and my dad delivered me that's that's, that's, that's all sort that's of that's actually two fun facts. basically i was like raised in like 1875 <laughs> you really look fantastic for your age i gotta say <laughs> i probably all the organic things i my parents were organic before organic was like cool you know basically. in 1875 really basically yeah. yeah i know i look good for 150 <laughs> you really do congratulations um all right what is our second fun fact about the preseason i'm willing to give you the bus story as one of your fun facts 
Yeah. So the bus story is we were playing that preseason game in, in uh, New Orleans. Okay. None of the players wanted to go. Junior Seau was on our team and he sort of told the coach, Dave wants the head coach, we're not going to go. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, everyone like still went the next day. And uh, we didn't have a full roster because some guys actually took junior seriously and like okay. didn't show up. Oh, okay. so I think I think I, when I played, we we didn't have any tight ends, so it was either full wide receivers. Or we brought in like a tackle to be like the third to, to be like the extra offensive lineman tight end position. So we were like, you know, goal line personnel or four wide. So it's mm-hmm. pretty much what we mm-hmm. got. But when we flew back in, the hurricane did was hitting. Uh, the sort of Miami Fort Lauderdale era at okay. that time, and and we were promised that we were going to get back right before they're going to leave the airport open. They did not. So rather than flying into Fort Lauderdale or Miami or Palm Beach, we flew into Tampa, and we took a I think about a four hour bus ride Oof. back through and then across Alligator Alley uh, to get to to get back to uh, our facility. It was. It was it was not uh, for three hundred dollars. It was a lot of work. That's what you get in the preseason. Yeah. You know, back in the day, it was like three hundred bucks for a game or something. See, go to the preseason is not as glamorous as it sounds, you guys. Um, all right, I need a second fun fact just about you. Second fun fact about me. Hmm. I got one scholarship offer. Oh. So I assume that's where you was at one, where you went. One scholarship <laughs> offer to Iowa State, and uh, never thought I'd go to school there. And I am from Iowa, but I uh, grew up more of a Hawkeye fan, and uh, obviously took the scholarship offer. I was thrilled that I was going to have a chance to play mm-hmm. Division One football, but really I was more thrilled that I was I was going to take out any loans uh, like my siblings had. Okay. And so that was that's a fun fact. I got one scholarship offer. That is a fun I think fact. It turned out pretty good. All right, I'm going to do another fun fact about you before we go back to the preseason. And you may not be able to come up with five about the preseason, but you yeah. might. <laughs> so let's do another one about you. This will be the third one just about Sage Rosenfeld. Just about me. Um, I grew up in a small town, went to Iowa State. I was traded three times. Okay, that's a fun fact. I, I asked, uh, I think I asked Mike Silver that last night, like how many people in NFL history have been traded three times? I don't mm-hmm. think very many. I think Randy Moss was traded three times. So me and Randy, mm-hmm. so me and Tom are the goats of the various seasons in the NFL uh, season. And, uh, and Randy Moss and I are both traded three times. Okay. So. How about one more preseason fun fact? I'll, I'll cap you at three. A preseason fun fact. Um let me think about this for a second. Uh, I played, I think I played 50 preseason games. <laughs> what are you, the GOAT? That's a lot of preseason <laughs> Yeah, it's games. 12 years for uh, a year. And then a couple of years, I played five preseason games, playing the Hall of Fame game mm-hmm. um, with Nick Saban. Oh, here's a fun fact. Here's a preseason fun fact. Great, that's four guys. I started uh, a preseason game in Osaka, Japan. With, uh, Steve Spurry was the head coach, and we played the 49ers. Oh, the 49ers. You guys, this fun fact yes. keeps getting more fun by the second. Yes. Uh, we took the game very seriously. 49ers did not. <laughs> uh, I remember like seeing T.O. Like in the lobby one time, as like I was like going up to my room to get extra sleep, mm-hmm. uh, it's because we had practice, and like To was like going out, you know, with like an entourage. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I think they're handling it different than we are over here, uh, and uh, you know, we won the game, but it didn't. I think it didn't matter all much. They were they were a much better team. Maybe this is why the 49ers don't boast any preseason goats, though, because they're not taking this seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Like- deep dive into that one you guys um all right i think you know what i'm actually gonna let the preseason start 
in Osaka, Japan count as one about you and the preseason. It's going to yeah, be a Yeah, I mean, I played a game in Osaka, Japan. That's pretty cool. That's very uh, cool. Looking back, I wish I got to see the city more. I do think they're like their airport is like one of the wonders of the world. Oh, I didn't know that. I That's think. interesting. Like it's, you know, like the Taj Mahal and the this and the that. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think the I think the Osaka airport is, um, it's definitely not like Tokyo from what I recall. It's a okay. much more industrial uh, we played in a baseball stadium and a baseball dome as oh, well. Interesting. And the only time the fans really cheered mm-hmm. is when we punted or kicked off or kicked a field goal. That's the rest of the, the rest of the time, they didn't like you'd throw a forty-yard touchdown pass, and it was like, "Oh, what happened?" And then you'd punt <laughs> on third and fifteen, and it was like, "Oh my god!" That's really funny. so. That was a that was a unique experience. That's awesome. I love that. All right, I need one more fun fact just about you, and then you're um, free. I am. I'm the fourth of five kids. Oh, that is a fun fact. Uh, three boys in the middle, two girls uh, on the end. Mm-hmm. And um, I probably got my love of sports from my oldest brother. He really, really loved sports. He was the guy that would spend hours in the driveway shooting hoops. Mm-hmm. You know, always was always grabbing me like, let's go shoot hoops together. Let's go play one-on-one. Let's go throw the baseball together mm-hmm. um, on, that, on that 10 acres. And so I probably became an NFL player or a good athlete from my brother's passion for, for sports. Uh, he ended up 5'11", uh, in a very different body shape than mine. <laughs> and, uh, and I ended up being 6'4". So, you know, I got some, there's some luck involved there. So I always say to people, if you want to train, like a, want your kid to be a pro athlete, mm-hmm. have like three boys and have the third one be the tallest one and have the other two love sports. And so that's a great way to, to grow an NFL quarterback. Sage advice from Sage. Yeah. There you go. That was a new one. Uh-huh. Yummy. <laughs> uh, Sage, thank you very much for joining yeah, today. This thank, was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Absolutely. If you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And we were brought to you today also by Bet Online. I will talk to everybody next week. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.